Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. Uh, you guys win. I give up. For those who wanted to win and didn't want to tank, I give up. You win. You got me. I mean, the tank's over. Um, three straight wins somehow with Tommy DeVito. Look at that. I mean, the turnover battle's been crazy. I think the Giants defense has like 12 turnovers the past three games, so it's pretty insane. But that and a mixture of the Giants offense just literally just doing just enough. You know what I mean? Like, I know they scored a lot in the Washington game, but they scored 10 against New England. They just had enough tonight, and, you know, a lot of it was good field position. DeVito had a, a couple clutch plays, that big throw to Wandale at the end. So they're now up to 5-8. and eight. They were 2-8, and eight, now up to 5-8. and eight. I'm t- I don't want to look at Tankathon. It'd be too depressing. But I think they're picking ninth. I saw. So... It just sucks because every team the Giants needed to win this weekend won. Like the Patriots, the Jets, the Bears, and I feel like somebody else. But instead of capitalizing and possibly getting back in the top two, they now fall to pick nine. But I guess the good news is they're now one game back of the playoffs. There's a lot of teams in front of them still. I still think Green Bay is. I think the Rams are. Uh, you probably got some of those shitty NFC South teams like the Buccaneers and the Saints, whoever. Like, there's still a lot of teams in front of the Giants. Like, a lot would have to break their way to even make the playoffs. But at this point, I kind of just give up on rooting for losses. Like, whatever happens, happens. I'm sure the Giants will finish somewhere with, you know, I don't know, six wins maybe. They could probably get one more. So they'll probably have, like, six wins. They'll probably pick somewhere from, like, 9 to 12 or whatever, and just have like a, a pick that could have been easily top four and pick much later and still not make the playoffs. It's probably how it's going to go, sadly, because they play Philly twice more. Um, the Rams are still playing to win. So, But then again, the Giants, you know, they are competing with good teams. And, you know, the Packers had been on a roll. They've beaten some good teams lately. Um you know, I, I just feel like the NFL this year is so crazy. Like, stuff's happening that you don't see every year. Like, you know, I think even at one point this year, we saw the Patriots beat the Bills. Like, it's just stuff you don't really see coming. Like, it, it just feels like a weird year like that. So this was a crazy game. Like, the Saquon fumble, they're showing it now with three minutes and 40 seconds to go. Saquon basically fumbles, and it was caused by himself. Like, he tripped and he lost the ball. Packers had a massive return off of it. They had the amazing touchdown to uh, something Heath. Malik Heath, I think it is. I never heard of the guy until tonight, but he caught that touchdown. They went up by one, and then Matt LaFleur lost them the game with that horrible two-point conversion call. Like, they did a lot of Jaden Reed running plays tonight, the wide receiver, but to do that on on a two-point conversion, like, and Jordan Love was, like, starting to get into a groove, so I don't know why they decided to do that play, but... It kept it at a, a one-point lead, and all DeVito had to do was kind of get, like, 40 yards and get the Giants back into field goal range, and they did. Um, and the Packers were playing prevent defense. Like, it was stupid. I feel like the Giants outcoached the Packers so much in this game. I don't know who the Packers' defensive coordinator is off the top of my head, but the guy had a horrible game plan on that final drive. Like, they were just giving up yards. They were giving him the checkdowns, and they were picking up five, ten yards at a time. There was the uh, one, the Saquon. I think there was one, the Bellinger. And it just gave the Giants enough room to come back. So I don't know what the hell they were doing there. But as for the Giants coaches, um, 
very happy with what I saw. It just feels like, you know, hopefully Don Martindale stays around here. I don't want him to get fired or, or retire or whatever. Um, he has his defense playing at such a high level. Like, I feel like they're like one pass rusher away from being like maybe a top five defense. Like, they're so good. Deontay Banks played his ass off tonight. He made a couple of big plays. I feel like Cordell Flott made some nice plays. Adoree Jackson made that great play, pushing Dobbs out of bounds before he got his other foot in. So the guys in the secondary played well. You had, you know, I think Kayvon got his 12th sack tonight. And even Dexter Lawrence is not 100%, but he still looked pretty good out there. So the defense is close to being, like, elite. I think they're maybe a couple pieces away, maybe not even a couple, maybe just one great pass rusher. Um, Ojalari had a big sack tonight as well. Got to give him a shout-out. I think he has one more year left on his deal, I'm pretty sure. So he'll be back probably next year, but can you trust him to be healthy? I don't know. But anyway, kind of rambling here, but I hope you guys enjoy the video, and let's get into it. Let's go through the uh, the stats real quick. I know Tommy DeVito had a pretty nice stat line. He was 17 of 21, so you love that completion percentage. Only 158 passing yards, but a lot of rushing yards. He had, I'm trying to find it, he had 71 rushing yards. It really felt like a Daniel Jones game from last year. That's exactly what it felt like. I feel like Jones would put up these, like, Good completion percentages, 150 passing yards, like one passing touchdown and a bunch of rushing yards. And DeVito did the same thing. Like he took what was there passing-wise, didn't really force anything. He was so good at avoiding sacks tonight. That's one thing that I don't like about Jones. He's not very good at getting away from sacks in the pocket. DeVito, there was like three or four times in this game where it felt like the Packers had him. And he just escaped somehow and either got out and made a throw or got out and ran. And that, of course, you know, 71 rushing yards. So I love seeing that. Like, that's great. And you can tell DeVito's getting better with every game he's playing. He gets better and better each week. Um, how great can he get? I don't know. I don't think he's like the future franchise quarterback of this team. I don't see him being like a Brock Purdy or a Tom Brady or something like that. But He's proven to you, like, you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of, like, Colt McCoy for the Cardinals the past couple years, which I'm not trying to say that as an insult. Colt McCoy actually, like, won some games for the Cardinals when Kyler Murray missed time. Like, Colt McCoy was fine. Like, does not have a big arm. DeVito's the same way. Can be accurate when you need him to. Not make mistakes. Can be a dual-threat quarterback. I feel like Colt McCoy was that kind of guy the past couple years in Arizona. Like, I think it was 2021 and 2022 last year. He played well for them. And, of course, he was a giant back in 2020. I think he played well in the one start he had, I'm pretty sure. But still, um, you know, he could be like a younger version of that, which, you know, a guy like that can hang around in the league for like 10 years. So, um, you know, I'm happy for DeVito. Like, I, I don't, I didn't want to win tonight, but like, you can't not feel happy for the guy and his family. Like, it's such a cool story being a UDFA and running this offense to the, you know, not like an extremely high level, but like a, a level where it's like, it's just competent. Like it, they're putting up enough points, 24 points. And once again, I know a lot of that's the field position that the defense and special teams gives them. But at the same time, like they're executing offensively. And Saquon had a couple of short rushing touchdowns. Not a very efficient day. Like it ended up okay, but Saquon at one point was like 15 carries for 32 yards or something. He finished with 20 carries for 86 yards. That there was two big runs, I think, on the second to last drive. One of those was the fumble, of course, but he did finish with 4.3 yards per carry, 
the two rushing touchdowns. So his day didn't look that bad, like, you know, yards per carry wise. There was the big play by Wandell Robinson on the ground, which was a weird play. It was like it led to one of the Saquon rushing touchdowns, but it looked like they were in the Wildcat and it looked like Saquon dropped the ball, but somehow it got to uh, to Wandale and he almost was able to score on that play. So, you know, he looks pretty good out there, Wandale. Matt Breda had a couple of nice runs. Um, and Wandale was just not even just as a runner on that one play, but he was so good the entire night. Like, we talked about that chart that came out a couple weeks ago about receivers getting like the most separation in the league and how um, how Wandell Robinson was like number one or it might have been number two or number one, I forget, top two in the NFL on separation. And you can see that tonight as to why. Like on that route on the final big catch to get in field goal range, he was against uh, that guy Nixon. He had that guy in a blender. He just ran like a corner route, but I guess he just got his man spun around and was wide open. DeVito made the throw. So Wondell Robinson, like, I understand he's only like 5'8", 5'9", or whatever, and like, he'll never be a wide receiver one, but the guy can be a damn good wide receiver too. So I'm excited for him. Like, I really hope he's here for a long time. It sucked he got hurt last year, but to see him bounce back like this and still putting up numbers with the undrafted free agent quarterback, I like to see that. So six catches, 79 yards in the air for him. Isaiah Hodgins had the touchdown. That was a great throw by DeVito. Two catches for 22 yards for Hodgins. Um, Saquon, three for 15. Not many, you know, pass-catching stats. Jalen Hyatt was two for 13. I think Hyatt might have dropped one, too. I forget. Might have been early in the game. I forgot to mention, Wandale made that really impressive catch on the right sideline. And Matt LaFleur, who once again had a horrible game coaching tonight, threw the challenge flag. I think it was right in front of their bench, too, so I don't know what the hell he was looking at. But they challenged that, and the call stood on the field of a catch. Like, really good footwork and awareness by Wandale. Good job of controlling the ball. Speaking of controlling the ball, that play, like right before the Packers' last touchdown, I thought for sure that was a touchdown. I was surprised that was like overturned or, or called a uh, you know called an incompletion. Like I I feel like I've seen plays like I I watch red zone every single week. I've seen plays where a guy had had the ball for a shorter amount of time than that and they still call it a touchdown. Like completing the process of the catch in the end zone versus anywhere else on the field is so much different. I feel like the guy had almost three steps. It was like two and a half steps basically. And it seemed like he had control of the ball. So I'm surprised they didn't call that a touchdown, but it didn't really matter because they scored anyway. But that was very interesting. Um, But yeah, offensively, I mean, yeah, it wasn't too impressive. I want to see the total yards, 367 total yards, 209 rushing yards. That's like the big difference there. Like that's what you like to see. Um, Only 158 passing yards. Okay, not that great. Three for 10 on third down. They were 0 for 1 on fourth down. The fourth down play was stupid. It just it just reminded me. I think they went for the fourth and one. They did like one of those like stretch outside handoffs to Saquon. It was such a predictable play and so stupid. Um, they did that other weird formation. That might have been a third down play I'm thinking of. The, uh, there was a fourth down play as well where they went for They did that weird formation where it's DeVito under center you had Saquon, you had like Bellinger and probably some other tight end behind you in a three-point stance, and they handed off to Barkley. It didn't go anywhere. Like just a predictable play. So like I think Kafka was pretty good for the most part tonight, but those two plays in particular 
really made me shake my head. Those two plays on the third down and one and the fourth down and one, I was not a fan of those. But aside from that, the guy's not working with much, and they're still putting up 24 points. So you got to give Kafka some credit. I still think he's a good coach. I want him back here next year. We'll see what happens, but I still think it's pretty good for what they have on this team. Um, We'll go to the defense now. Defensively, I mean, the Packers did have only 203 passing yards. Jordan Love did not look that good. Like, balls just left floating in the air. That interception to Pinnock, that, that looked like one of my throws playing pickup football. Like, I'm not lying. Like, that was just wobbling in the air forever. Uh, receiver had no shot at it. Even, like, the throw to Romeo Dobbs, like, he was late on that. There was the one play where the guy only got one foot in the end zone. He was late on that throw as well. Like, I feel like Packers receivers were open tonight, and Jordan Love just missed them. But you also have to give credit to the Giants' defense for being in the right place at the right time. I mentioned the Adoree Jackson play, negating that touchdown to uh, Romeo Dobbs. Um, You know, I mentioned the play. I forget who the receiver was. It was someone I never heard of. But the play where uh, Deontay Banks broke up that touchdown to... um, that would have given the Packers the lead. I mean, they scored anyway once again. But um, actually, no, that was the play leading up to the field goal. So, yeah, he did stop a, uh, a touchdown there. So, I mean, Deontay Banks made a great play there. He made a couple of big plays tonight. Like, I love seeing that from the rookie. Um, but rushing yards-wise, the Packers had 123 rushing yards. Uh, I feel like Patrick Taylor had a couple nice runs. They didn't get A.J. Dillon that involved. I mean, he had 15 carries. Didn't feel like it. But I feel like Dillon was really ripping off some nice runs at the end. He was 15 for 53 on the ground. And Jaden Reed, the freaking wide receiver, was 4 for 38 on the ground. One touchdown. That was the first touchdown they scored. On that play, Kayvon Thibodeau kind of got fooled, is what it is. Um, Patrick Taylor, yeah, he was 4 carries for 30 yards, 7.5 per carry. So maybe they should have given him the ball more. I don't know. Tucker Craft had the one big catch over the middle, kind of dragged some defenders as well. Um, Dobbs had four for 32. Jaden Reed, eight catches, wow, for 27 yards. So not that impressive yards per catch-wise, only 3.4 yards per catch. But um, for the Giants' defense specifically, Deontay Banks led in tackles. He had 12 total tackles. Nine solo. I mean, that's awesome. Bobby Okereke had five solo, six total. Um, I feel like Okereke didn't show up in any big ways tonight, but he was his usual steady self. I mentioned the Pinnock interception. Um, Kayvon had the half a sack, brought him up to 12 on the year. Aziz was given a half a sack for that one he had before. Dexter Lawrence had half a sack. Uh, No solo tackles for Dexter Lawrence. That's pretty... uh, unusual but he is battling in the hamstring injury so it is what it is uh there was one bad play by isaiah simmons he missed somebody on a running play i forget i think he missed a tackle but um cordell flott i feel like had some good moments in this game four solo tackles he did get ran over by somebody in this game um let's go through the game notes i try to take notes of course during the games there was the uh, fourth down stop by Deontay Banks on the Dontavian Wicks play that was overturned. It looked like he was short. It was the play where he was going out of bounds and reached over. They called him short. Then they, like, you know, the refs did their little huddle. They reversed it. So they called it a first down. And then this next play after that, A.J. Dillon had that big 34 yard catch on the dump off. Uh, there was the play where Randy Bullock missed the 48 yard field goal, but he redeemed himself. Um, 
And speaking of redeeming himself and, like, getting bailed out, like, Bullock kind of got bailed out, and so did Saquon. Like, I did feel bad for Saquon that he fumbled that ball away. Um, that was a bad look, like, just fumbling on your own like that. But I'm sure he was very relieved when they won that game. Um, there was the fumble by Jordan Love. It was challenged by the Giants. I have no idea why it wasn't called a fumble. It was pretty obvious. Um, Kayvon ripped it out. I think it was McKinney who recovered it. Dable, oh, this was weird too. Brian Dable, he had that weird moment where he was going to punt and then the fans were booing like crazy. So he wasted a timeout and then went for it. And then that was the Barkley handoff that was short. That was a very shitty sequence by Brian Dable. Like I thought, once again, I thought the Giants coaching was amazing tonight, but that was the one thing where I was like, what the hell did I just watch? Like you were going to punt. You got pressured by the fans. You call timeout, and you do that stupid play and get stopped short. Like, that was just bad. Um, Oh, Cordell Flott. I remember this. Yeah, he had a bad pass interference play. It was a throw by Love that didn't look too accurate, but he just tackled the receiver before even can, like, before the ball was even there. So Cordell Flott had a bad pass interference on a third down and long. There was the outside handoff play to Saquon on third and one. That was a bad play call. Got stopped short. Nixon had that fumbled punt. The Giants took over on the 31. So once again, the good field position. DeVito had that nice run, got down at the one. Barkley punched it in, gave the Giants a 14-10 lead. Bobby McCain had that rough moment of touching a punt. I feel like that's more on Gunner Olachewski. Like, he got rocked in this game, by the way. He was fine, though, but... I feel like Gunner has to like clear these guys out, like make sure nobody touches the ball. And it's funny, McCain was standing there like so he was trying to make himself as skinny as possible, and the ball still hit him. So, you know, an unfortunate moment there for the veteran McCain, but it didn't cost him the game. So that's that's good. Um there was the missed kick by Carlson. I feel like Carlson, his brother kicks for the Raiders. His brother's a lot better than him, no offense, but um he did miss that one field goal from like I forget, it might have been like somewhere in the low 40s, high 30s, whatever it was. Uh, Deontay Banks had the big pass breakup. Saquon had the long, uh, the self-fumble. And, uh, yeah, there was just the stupid two-point conversion play. I don't know what the hell they were doing on that play, but that was a big play for the Packers. You kind of had a feeling. It was weird. I was having flashbacks. I'm not even a Knicks fan, but when DeVito took the field down by one, I kind of had that like Jeremy Lin moment playing in my head where he made that game-winning shot against the Raptors in Toronto. Like I feel like this is kind of like a Lin sanity sort of thing. So when he took the field down by one, I had that Jeremy Lin shot playing through my head. I don't know why, but I feel like it is kind of similar to what DeVito's doing and what Jeremy Lin was doing like 10 years ago, probably more than 10. It's probably like 12 years ago, 13. But um. But yeah, I mean, look, it, it's cool, and he's going to be the starter until he Fs up, but we have not seen signs of it. I guess I'll just check Tankathon now just to make myself more depressed about this win. Uh, but once again, I think we're pick nine. So big picture-wise, yeah, they're, I'll pick eight because Tennessee won. I don't know how – Tennessee, like, this was a weird night. Well, I just said this earlier when I was opening the video. Like, there's so much weird shit going on in the NFL this year. You know, Jets fans giving Zach Wilson a standing ovation when he comes back when they were trying to get rid of him a month ago. And, you know, Bailey Zappi, a three-touchdown game. And then and the Patriots won in, in Pittsburgh. Just such a weird year. And the Dolphins had a two-touchdown lead with, like, two minutes and 30 seconds to go, and they blew the game. Like, I wasn't watching it closely because the Giants were on. But 
I looked over. They were down by like six. They got a two-point conversion. I'm like, okay, that's odd. And somehow the Titans came back. I looked over. Derrick Henry ran in a touchdown to take the lead. I was like, oh, my God. So I don't know how the Dolphins blew that game. I don't know how the Packers blew this game. The NFL is very unpredictable this year. So, um, But, yeah, eighth overall pick now. We are tied with five wins with Chicago, Las Vegas, and the Jets. So the Giants could still get to, like, five maybe but you know as i said at this point i don't really care the tanking stuff is over this was the game they had to lose to really like get back into like the tanking competition if you want to call it that because as i said you had a lot of teams win this week did las vegas win or no they lost they lost three nothing that was a terrible game but um even nick mullins nick mullins is out here winning games so another one but yeah, the Jets won once again. The Patriots, like Chicago. Chicago might be kind of good, actually. Like, I'm hoping that Chicago sticks with Justin Fields, who does look better. I would still take Caleb Williams, not going to lie, but maybe they keep um, Justin Fields and maybe they uh, trade that pick. You know, they did it last year, so maybe. But as I'm, sa- like, as I'm saying, like, the Giants will have to give up more. The lower the Giants pick, the more they probably have to give up to Chicago. Like, this is kind of similar to last year, right? Like, when the Panthers and the Bears made that trade, when the Panthers traded up for um, for Bryce Young, they had to trade, like, what, three first and a really good wide receiver in his prime, DJ Moore. I want to see what the actual compensation was. I want to see because the Giants right now are picking eighth. So 8th and ninth, it's like pretty much the same shit. So the Giants would have to give up like some something near that to get to the first overall pick. So the Bears are trading number one pick to the Panthers in exchange for four draft picks and wide receiver DJ Moore. The Bears got Carolina's first round pick, which was pick number nine once again. A late second round pick, a 2024 first round pick, and a 2025 second round pick. So you're looking at two first rounders and two second round picks, and it took DJ Moore, like a really good player. So you're talking like four premium picks, two first, two seconds, and a really good wide receiver in his prime. Like, that's a lot to move up. So that's why, like, I'm not on board with winning these games because I still think this team needs a quarterback. Like, this is not this is not convincing me that Tommy DeVito is the savior. All this showed me is that he could be like Colt McCoy and win you some games in the right circumstances. Like, I, I just don't see it. You know, maybe I'm just a hater, but I don't see DeVito being some franchise quarterback. So um, I don't think Joe Shane views it that way, but... This really felt like the year the Giants had to get that quarterback position settled in the draft, preferably. Um, But the lower they fall, the harder it gets, the more you have to trade up. I mean, yeah, you can trade up, assuming that Chicago sticks with Fields and assuming that the Cardinals keep losing and they stick with Kyler. You can trade up, but at what cost? Because... If it's like last year's trade, you're talking this year's first, next year's first, this year's second, next year's second, and some good player in his prime. Like, I was going to say like Aziz Ojolari, but Aziz Ojolari is not DJ Moore level. Like, I'm trying to think who that would be on this roster. I don't know. I'm trying to look. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Some good player in his prime. So, um, yeah, it's going to take a lot. So, we can enjoy these wins. 
and maybe they somehow get in the playoffs. I still don't. We'll look now at the playoff picture because that's the next thing I got to look at here. But, you know, maybe they make a playoff push. I still don't think they will. They'll probably fall short. But at what cost? I still think the number one priority, after they started out the year like 2-8, and 2-7, and seven, whatever, like I was all in for that franchise quarterback. Like to me, like that's all that mattered. But, you know. It is what it is. As I always say, like, players play to win. Coaches play to win. You can't just tell these guys to lose. They're playing for their for their next paychecks. They're playing for their teammates. They're playing for fans, their family, all that stuff. So, um, all right, right now the wild cards are the Eagles. Wow, Cowboys are in first place in the East. Crazy stuff. So the Eagles, the Vikings, the Packers. Packers are 6-7. and seven. So the Packers are the last playoff spot. They're the seventh seed. They're six and seven. The Rams are six and seven. The Seahawks are also six and seven. The Atlanta Falcons are six and seven. The Saints are six and seven. And then the Giants are five and eight. That's what I mean. There's still so, so much has to go right for this team to make the playoffs. Like so, so much. I can't bank on it, you know? We still play Philly twice. We play the Rams. We play the Saints. I still don't see it happening. Like, I don't want to be the downer, although I usually am on this channel, but I don't see how this team makes the playoffs, even if they are 5-8. and eight. You got, like, five teams you have to jump. Really, it's one, two, three, four teams you have to jump, but also the Packers. Like, there's five teams in front of you for that last playoff spot. Like, how... Like, why, why would it be the Giants? And the Giants are still a game back of these other teams. The Giants are 5-8, and eight, but the teams in front of them are 6-7. and seven. And you have to have all those five teams lose more than the Giants the rest of the year. Like, I just don't see it. I really don't. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm just an a-hole, maybe. I don't know, but I just don't see how it's possible. Like, yeah, it's mathematically possible the Giants make the playoffs. You can look at the percentages, but it's still probably a low percentage. I don't see the Giants having much of a chance here. I want to see if there's a like a someone may have tweeted this like Giants percentage to make the playoffs. Yeah, I can't find it. I don't know. I can't do all this math. So maybe someone tomorrow will come out with the numbers, but I, I just don't think it's gonna be a high percentage. So many teams you have to jump once again. I, I don't see it. Um, and I feel like a lot of team a lot of these teams play each other, like the Falcons, the Saints. The Bucks are all in the same freaking division. Rams and Seahawks are in the same division. Like, these teams have to beat each other. You know what I mean? Like, they're probably still going to play each other. Um, and I feel like the Packers have a pretty easy schedule. I feel like I saw that somewhere. But, I don't know. Maybe we'll do that a different time. Maybe in the preview for next week, we'll go over the schedules of these close teams. Because, you know, now you can make a case that, like, the draft pick not the draft pick, like the tanking doesn't matter anymore. Like there's no reason to root for a tank anymore. You're not going to get that high of a pick. So, you know, rooting for the playoffs at this point might be the better option, you know? So like picking 12th does not excite me that much. If we're picking like second or third, yeah, that's, that's awesome. But like picking 12th or 11th, whatever, like it's not too exciting. So we'll see how they finish out this year. Um, I just hope that winning these games does not screw them over big picture wise and going forward. You know, they really could have landed a Drake May or Caleb Williams this year. And unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen. Um, you can still get Penix, which I don't see them doing. You can still get McCarthy, which maybe. Um, 
Jaden Daniels, I still don't see that happening with the Giants. So you had this rich quarterback class, and you start 2-8, and eight and you're in a prime position. And as I said in my tweet a couple weeks ago, the Giants, the Giants win games when you want them to lose, and the Giants lose games when you want them to win. They've done this for like six of the past seven seasons. So I'm used to it, and I'm not happy about it. But this is life as a Giants fan. It is just this roller coaster of do I want to root for these wins? Do I want to root for the losses? What matters more about the future of this team? Do, do I care about winning this game as compared to getting the franchise quarterback? It's always a freaking roller coaster with this team. Always. So I just wanted to get Caleb and be set, but probably ain't going to happen. So unless they make a you know, a Panthers-Bears type trade where you, you see where the Panthers are now. I mean, maybe they missed on Bryce Young. I don't know. If they got C.J. Stroud, it might have been a different look. But you see how much they gave up, and they are not in a good place right now. I think the Panthers are very um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they're they're pretty incompetent with how they are ran. I feel like their owner gets his hands in everything. He's kind of like John Mara, but worse. Uh, what's his name? David Tepper, I think it is. Like, he seems to be involved in every – big decision and the Panthers seem like a shit show organization but I still don't want to have to trade like four high picks and a good player to move up in the draft for a quarterback because you know I'm not one of those people that doesn't want to pick a quarterback because you know what if you miss on him like whatever like the, do the Giants ever hit on their first round picks anyway like aside from Andrew Thomas and Kayvon Thibodeau like do we ever hit on our first round picks and you go down the line of since Eli Apple, like they only hit once in a while. Like Eli Apple was a bust. Evan Ingram did not live up to what he was supposed to be in New York. He went to Jacksonville. He's been much better. Um, who else have we drafted? Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. I would say they've been underwhelming for the most part. Um, Andrew Thomas is great, but Evan Neal, Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony, man, that that whole thing was funny. I'm not one of those like Giants fans that like cares what Kadarius Tony does nowadays. Like I just can care less. But the fact that he always seems to be costing the Chiefs games is pretty funny to me. So he did win them a Super Bowl technically, but um, it is funny to see him like just go off sides by a mile and lose the game for them. And I'm not a fan of the Chiefs being crybabies about it. I I know I'm going off topic now, but I'm really not a fan of it. Like shut up! Like you, the the Chiefs have won multiple games this year on ridiculous calls that went their way. There was that Jets game. There was the Vikings game where they missed pass interferences, and they benefited the Chiefs. And now they want to cry about it because one call didn't go their way, and the guy was offsides by a mile. The, the refs don't want to throw that flag. But if Kadarius Tony is so offsides that you're covering the ball and the ref can't see, what's he supposed to do? Like I don't know why they're complaining. Whatever. Um. Anyway. So, yeah, that's going to do it pretty much. Um, as I said, seeing them win these close games, it's cool. But if it screws up their future, I'm going to be even more pissed off about it. Because I'm thinking about next year now. Like, instead of going into next year with Caleb or May and being super excited, it's probably just going to be, like, some veteran quarterback who's, like, a journeyman, Teddy Bridgewater or some shit. And then it's going to be DeVito you know, probably challenging him for the starting job. Daniel Jones can come back at some point during the year from the ACL. And the Giants are going to suck next year again. Like, I just feel like next year's wasted. 
it just kind of delays what the Giants were supposed to do, which was get their franchise quarterback. And I don't know if next year's class is as good as this one. Probably not. I have not heard anything about next year's class. So I felt like this was the perfect year to finally just lose some games and, and get the quarterback and finally get going in the right direction. But, you know, I don't know who to be mad at because, once again, the players are not going to tank. So it's just kind of a Giants thing. I just feel like pissed off as a Giants fan. They always do this to us, always. Start out 1-7. and seven, Start out 2-8. and eight. <laughs> Start winning games that you're not supposed to win. And you screw yourself out of a draft pick. I mean, look, the one time it worked was Andrew Thomas instead of Chase Young. Okay, sometimes you get lucky, but my God, I'd rather be picking second than picking ninth, you know? But I don't know. If Drake May goes to New England and turns into a great quarterback, I'm going to be pissed. If they miss out on Jaden Daniels for this reason, which I don't know if they will or not, but if they do and he ends up being great, I'm going to be pissed. Like, I just, I'm tired of missing on these quarterbacks. And, you know, I was going to bring up the Justin Herbert thing. Like, he has not played that well this year. His season might be over now. But still, like, even missing out on Herbert, like, I'm still not over that. Like, that was our guy. And we weren't patient. And we didn't wait. And it feels like every time they need a franchise quarterback, this team, and it's time to get one, they somehow F it up every single time. Like, Gettleman, Gettleman knew that Herbert was his guy, and I think Gettleman definitely would have saved his reputation here if he just waited for Justin Herbert. And the Giants could have taken Herbert technically, but they weren't going to. Um, but Gettleman could have absolutely saved his reputation here. But even this year, like, this was the year to get the quarterback. Like, yeah, Daniel Jones has to be on the roster next year based on his contract, but they could have gotten a young quarterback. They could have had him even sit for a year, uh, come in halfway through the year. But now, I don't know. There there may not be drafting a quarterback in the first round. The Giants might go back to what they know and take a tackle in the first round. That's what they like to do. So I, I don't think it's going to be a tackle, actually. Um, maybe they get a fun weapon like a Brock Bowers or someone like that or Malik Neighbors. I love both those guys. So if it's either one of those guys, then cool. But at the end of the day, you still need a damn quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, you ain't going nowhere. So, you know... That's the frustrating part, and it is what it is. I don't know who to be mad at, but as I said, I'm just tired of winning meaningless games year after year. They're now in the playoff hunt, quote-unquote. I don't see them making it. So all these wins are doing is just effing up our draft pick, and I'm not happy about it. But there are some good stories going on. Happy for DeVito. Happy for the young guys playing well. Um... For the fans that were there, it was probably a cool atmosphere, so that's cool. But as I always say, I'm a big picture guy, and I I want the quarterback, and I'm I want to compete for Super Bowls. You know, I'm tired of starting out two and six, one and seven every year, and then trying to make our record look respectable in the second half of the year. I'm kind of done with that. Like it's just worthless to me. So anyway, whatever. That's enough ranting. Hope you all enjoyed, and I'll talk to you next time.